Well, let's dive right in tonight. Um, tell you what, worship was awesome tonight. That just moved me. And I, I felt good when I got here, y'all. And then uh, Jordan sharing that story, I'll just tell you, it's good that when we come together, something happens in us. Something happens to us. I think when we come to church, something should happen to us. I think we should get moved. I think we should learn. I think we, um, you know, should be changed. I, I think it's a good time for God to correct us, you know, and to help us. And uh, Pastor Bill Hybels, um, I've heard him say that people want, want something to happen to them when they come to church. Make me happy, make me mad, make me something, he said. You know, and something has to happen with that. So I believe every time, you know, if we're coming into the presence of a living God, handling his living word, presence of his Holy Spirit, here with the family of God, something has to happen. Now, if this were dead, religious, no God to back it up, no truth to stand on, no presence of his spirit, people that don't care, then, then it'd be dusty and religious. And I'm just not interested, you know. So thank God for a living God and a living church. Amen? Amen. Hey, uh, just real quick, uh, if you weren't here Sunday, I, re- I would really encourage you to go back and watch the archives of our message, very important message on Sunday. And um, I've had people say, are you continuing with that this week? I'm not, actually. I just kind of dropped that in the middle. We'll be talking more and more about such issues that uh, face us. But um, uh, we're moving on in our His Not Mine series, so you will want to be here, though. So make sure you're here for that. Well, let's go ahead and look in Scripture. We've got a lot of Scripture tonight. Y'all, y'all okay with that? Anybody got allergies or anything to Scripture? Okay. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus is speaking. We looked at this some last week. And Jesus says, and I also say, say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And remember, the rock is not Peter. The rock is a truth. It's a revelation that Peter uh, just declared. And it says, and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. And I want you to notice that Jesus is saying, I will build my church. This is essentially the first mention of church in scripture. We're in a series called Believe. We're looking at systematic theology. We're looking at what is it that we do believe, breaking down doctrine and theology kind of in a systematic way. And we're right now in a, in a section of that called ecclesiology, which deals with the church. So we're going to look at a number of important things on that. And then does anybody remember where we're going to go after church? To eat. My, my wife's got it. Yeah, good, baby. No, after we finish talking about ecclesiology, do you know where we're going then? Eschatology. Does anybody remember what that is? It's last things, last days. And that would be interesting. And then after that, and I'm going to leave a good margin of this uh, for the remainder of the year, we're going to do question and answer concerning systematic theology and what do we believe. Why? Because I believe that believers need to know what they believe. And uh, so that's what we've been working on here. Let's go ahead and look at our next, next passage here in Acts chapter 20, verse 28. It says, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock. Now, this is, this is speaking to pastors, okay, to leaders. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd, poimane, pastor, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. This is a, a verse that I, I believe no pastor should ever forget, that God purchased the church 
with his own blood. This is so valuable to him that he's wanting us to take heed to ourselves. The Amplified Bible says take heed to yourself, and it includes the idea of uh, your teaching and your personality even. You've got to look at yourself so that you can shepherd properly and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. And that doesn't mean the boss, but that means to look after, to look over, to care for, to shepherd, to feed, to lead, to guide the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So again, just reinforcing the idea of church. Let's look at one other passage real quick. In Ephesians 3.21, it says, To him be glory, to Jesus be glory in the church, excuse me, to God be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. There should be glory in the church. And the church should be glorious. The, glory, the church should not be powders. We shouldn't be conspiracy theorists. There's a lot of garbage going around. People need to be a little more sharp and stay closer to God, closer to his word and to his spirit. There's a lot of fear-mongering going on in the body of Christ today. Cut it out. Cut it out. Get to the Word. Jesus said, even when you see all this coming down, don't let your heart be troubled. I shared with you Sunday, you know, essentially we're in Babylon. What did he say? Unpack. Do business. Live life. Be blessed. Isaiah said that when you see deep, deep darkness on the, on the face of the earth, arise and shine. God's glory is seen on you. It said that people will even, will even come to you in that day and take hold of the edge of your garment and want to be with you because the light and the presence of God would be on you. And so our job is about good news. Everybody say good news. It's about good news. And so I have, I have, I have a little issue when churches are going to spend all their time talking about what could happen and bad and this and that and signs in the sky and all that stuff. You know, Pay attention to what you need to pay attention to on all that, but we've got to know how to live this life, live with some peace, with some joy, with some confidence in your eyes, and the presence and peace of God with you. Amen? Amen? Well, off my soapbox there for a moment, so let's keep going. Um, When we say church, sometimes people think of a building, okay? And I want to release you on that. It's okay. It's okay to do that because we say things like this. Um, I'm going to church. Where do you go to church? Would you like to go to church with me? Um, So we kind of have that that idea. But I want us to understand that you are the church and we are the church. And this church is just where the church comes to gather together and to assemble together. And then some real important things happen at church with the church. Right, church? Church? Okay, and I want to emphasize tonight, next week, some important things that happen when we come together um, as the church for church. I have a little saying I came up with this afternoon, and it goes like this. <laughs> Go ahead and say it with me. Church days affect the rest of your days. I pray that gets burned into you. And you know, how many of you know this is reality? How many of you know that the things that happen in church done right, when church is done right, that's not going to happen to you playing putt-putt or going shopping and getting those shoes or, or whatever, whatever it would be? You know, church days, say it one more time with me. Church days 
affect the rest of your days. And it's uh, vital that we understand that. Here's a few things that we get encouraged. There's not many things or places out there that encourage you. Um, that you get trained, that we get equipped, that we become more and more free, that we are discipled, you know, that we are learners and followers of Jesus, and it, get nur- it gets nurtured here. And as a result of that, here's another phrase that we say around here, what you do day by day takes you to your future. Say that one with me. What you do day by day takes you to your future. Now, when I got back from our, our sabbatical, our break, um, staff had done, done some things. They put up some of my quotes on light poles in the, in the parking lot. So if you're new here, I recommend drive around, okay? And then, then you'll be up to speed. But this one is, this is massive. What you do day by day takes you to your future. Um, Alicia and I were talking about this this morning even, and I'm... I'm I'm mindful of this all over. Did, did you know that success leaves clues? Think about that. Success leaves clues. So does failure. Whenever you, things don't just happen, okay? And so the people of God, we need to stop living from crisis to crisis to crisis. You're always going to have crisis, okay? But our life can't be that. It can't be just, you know, and then the storm lets up a little bit and we're okay for a while and we change nothing and then we're going to end up back in, you know, another situation just over and over. And I just really think we should be doing a better job of not repeating the same crisis. I needed a better amen on that one. All right. So it's important what you do day by day takes you to your future. And so one of the ways that we learn what to do day by day you know, is in church that these things are emphasized to us. And church done right, I believe, impacts all your life. It impacts all the areas of your life. No wonder we're instructed, actually commanded in Scripture to to not miss this, to not miss this. Look in Hebrews chapter 10. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling. Remember, it's not just a gathering. It's not just puzzle pieces in a box. But it's assembly, put, all put together, assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Don't forsake that. Some people, that's become their habit or their manner. But exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We're not even really fully sure or fully agreed on what the day is. It's the coming of the Lord and there's aspects and timeline. But how many of you see it approaching? You know, for real. And so... Um, no wonder Scripture exhorts us, instructs us not to miss church. So let's look at a couple of things. I want to look at two things tonight, um, elements that should be a part of what happens when we, when we come together. Um, the first would be this, worship, worship. Everybody say worship. Now, when I say worship, I want, to, I want that to be just like the big word there. Um, praise would be a part of that. Um, thanksgiving would be a part of that. Actually, prayer is a part of that as well. Uh, how you live your life can be worship as well. Uh, you might even would say we can live in a worshipful way. Um, ultimately, worship declares worth. The old English word is worth-ship. So it's to ascribe worth to. And so when we get to a place of worship, it is, you know, we're telling God what he is worth. 
Um, it's tricky sometimes because we, we uh, you know, in our life, I'm, I'm talking about all of us, our focus can get on a number of things about the Lord and never really get to focus on the Lord. And you've got to be intentional about that in your life. You've got to be intentional about that, uh, you know, in service. We just ended with a, a song, Oh, What a Savior. You know, where it's wonderful, Jesus, you know, and that's giving worship and worth um, to the Lord. Um, let's look at a couple of verses here. In Psalm twenty-two, twenty-two, the psalmist says, I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. Where do you think that's happening? In church, in church. Go back, if you would, Psalm 22, 22. See, in the midst of the... Oh, uh, I will declare your name to my brethren, okay, and so that's, and cistern are included, okay, in the midst of the assembly. It's a gathering of, of people, you know, concerning the Lord. So I think this certainly comes on over New Testament. This is to be happening in church. Go ahead to Psalm uh, 111, verse 1. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. Do you think we should praise the Lord with our whole heart when we come to church? How many of you think we could do a little better? I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. And then let's, let's look in Psalm 149, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Notice this. Sing. Everybody say sing. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of saints. So again, I think that that would overlay. Uh, and we sing in church. One of the reasons we we sing, it's probably the best, I like to put it this way, that's the best group activity that we can do that would be called worship. You know, what if we all came in and just said, okay, everybody, y'all just worship the Lord. We would have mayhem, you know? And then depending where you come from, or some people are like, I don't know what's going on, but I ain't never coming back, you know? And uh, who knows, you know, what all would happen with there, with that. And so the best group activity in the New Testament, we are given instruction. Things are be, to be done decently. They're to be done in an orderly fashion. There's not to be confusion. There is leadership that helps us so that when we come together, it's something wonderful, life-giving, and precise for all of us, and, and that God is pleased and his people are helped. So singing is one of the ways that, that we can do that when we come together. Um, worship is to God, yet we benefit in incredible ways. You know, ultimately worship is to God. Psalm 100 talks about you know, entering his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and there's kind of a progression that happens. Uh, it may have happened for you tonight on the way here, when you walked in, you may, not, you may or may not have been just fully ready to just worship God with all your heart because you just got wet. <laughs> and you're thinking of this and that and, you know, uh, your day. I don't know what happened in your day. You got things happening tomorrow. You have all those things. You have life that's going on. You're thinking, oh, man, if it hadn't rained, I could have got more food before I came, you know, or, or wh whatever your deal would have been. I'm going to eat after church. I just go ahead and tell. But um, what we do sometimes, we come in and then we get our parking space and we come through. Oh, the cafe line was too long and this and that. And somebody's in my chair. 
you know, and he got all that. So then we, hey, y'all, let's stand and let's worship God. And you're like, whatever. You know, and sometimes you can do, you can go through the motions. The words are up there, so you sing a song, you sing a song. Somebody says, lift our hands. Right? And we can go through the motions, and Jesus talked about it. You know, you, you can do lip service, you can praise me with your lips, and your heart can be in Albuquerque. Your heart could be at work. Your heart could be, you know, wherever. And remember that your heart cannot be in what your mind is not on. And so you've got to get your mind in. Okay, God, and and it'd be good to just tell him, God, I am here to worship you. Not, Not always come and say, God, I need some help tonight. Well, we all need help. But it's like, God, I've come to worship you. You are worthy of worship, of the effort it took to battle the rain, to come hungry, to come whatever, to come and I am here and I'm going to worship you because you're worthy of worship and and give that. And then not just sing a song, but actually lift it up to the Lord. Mentally, sometimes I even think about, you know, some of the uh, stadiums and they have a dome that will split. There's a couple of them that, that split and open up. Wouldn't it be cool, except on rainy nights? that we could just open that thing up and, and just let it go to God, just, just mentally. Now, I know he's with us, and where do we, which way do we sing? You know, but, but just to lift that up to the Lord. And I just want you to think of that, you know, as we're singing about the Lord and to the Lord and, and of, his, of how worthy he is of this that we do that. And you know what? It's to God. Everybody say to God. But we benefit. We benefit. Uh, we often comment from here, how many of you feel better than you did when you came in? You know, and it's because of what happens, you know, when we worship the Lord. Uh, James put it this way, draw near to God and he will what? He'll draw near to you. And um, this is one way that we can do it. I think when we come in, we want to make sure it is our business. It is it's part of our mandate as a church, I believe, is that he is high and lifted up. That he is high and lifted up. That he is exalted in this place. Look at this in Psalm 34. The psalmist said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together so that we could do this at church. Let's magnify the Lord. We tend to magnify other things, don't we? You know, oh, I got rain down my back. You know, so and so upset me at work today. Oh, I forgot to do this. Did I turn off my curling iron? You know, we, we, not me, I'm just <laughs> saying things, okay? But what we do is we, we tend to magnify. What does magnify mean? Make big, make big, bring into view bigger and bigger. And, and we need to magnify the Lord. And so the psalmist is saying, come on, magnify the Lord with me. Now let's exalt his name together. And something happens to that. It's, it's going to help you. It's going to relieve you to do that. Again, it's for him. It's to him. But we benefit in incredible ways. I believe you'll be refreshed. When you do it right, you'll be refreshed. You'll be impacted. And I also believe that it's often unexplainable. It's just unexplainable. Um, because it's an atmosphere. And, and I think we need to pay attention to atmospheres. We create atmospheres. Uh, we, God moves in atmospheres. Um, you know, sometimes if you're wanting to have a, a wonderful meal, you know, uh, 
or you're wanting to do devotions, or you're trying to rest, or it's a birthday party. You know, we kind of create an atmosphere for those things. And we, we try to do so much to create an atmosphere here. Um, this room is set apart. This room is prayed for. Um, you know, we do many things to help, even pre-service, things that you're not even maybe paying attention to with, you know, the music going on and how it's starting to rise and energy start to come up just before we start and so forth. And, um, you know, if, it's just important the atmospheres and God works in an atmosphere and ultimately what we want then and what you need is that we all come together and when we worship God uh, and Sherry said it during a time of praying tonight in in one of the songs he inhabits the praises of his people literally in the Hebrew he's enthroned on the praises of his people and so if we will get past a lot of churches have a song service Look at me. We don't do a song service. Okay, and I'm not judging, being critical of anybody else on that. We've got to come and do praise and worship. It's vital that we come and praise and worship. And I think you should do it with your whole heart. I think he's been so good to you. I mean, I don't know your whole life, but I know God's been good to you. Well, how do you know that, Pastor? Because I know him. And I know what a louse I can be and other people can be. And yet God is so good. He's just so good and and generous and patient and kind and helps us. And he's got our eternity altered, you know, in a wonderful way. God's good to us. And so I just just can't come in and just half-hearted just sing a song you know or fold up or what you know what whatever it would be but but make sure it's your heart make sure it's your heart and when we come together for church to be what it what it needs to be for church days to to affect the rest of your days i'm telling you let's come in and let's worship the lord amen, amen? amen. much we could say on that um i want to move on to a couple other things here tonight uh Another essential element when we come together, very important, is preaching and teaching. Preaching and teaching. Um, I am more of a teacher, okay? What is preaching? That's just when I get loud. Um, Not really. This is more proclaiming, and this could be the capstone word for preaching and teaching because it's the proclamation, it's the publishing of something, and in our case, it would be God's word, God's will. So preaching, and preaching tends to have, you know, what we would call a preacher, tends to be a little more punch, sweat, and spit. You know, now I'm, now I'm joking, but there's a little, little more, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm, I believe the gift that God put in me to minister is more of teaching. And I'm going to share with you some of the reasons why that that is important for us. Let's, let's look at a couple more scriptures here. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, you still there? Paul told Timothy, preach the word. Preach the word of God. Some other translations, this is in the New Living Translation, some others just say, preach the word, exclamation point. Preach the word. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. 
And I just think this is a vital part of what needs to happen when we come together. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's see some of the results of learning the word. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. And again, this is Paul talking to Timothy. You know they are true for you know, uh, for you know you can trust those who taught you. Verse 15. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood. And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Watch this. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful. Look what it will do in us. Okay, look what the word will do. All scripture is inspired or God-breathed, inspired by God, and is useful to teach us, say that's me, to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Don't you want to know? I don't want to live in you know, crisis to crisis to crash to crash, you know, what's, what's wrong, you know, and scripture, how many of you, be the witness tonight, how many of you have found things in scripture, heard things in a sermon, and it's like, ah, and it made change in your life, and, and it's the word of God taught to us, right, teach us what is true, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, it corrects us when we are wrong, and teaches us to do what is right. We all want that. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Ultimately, God is is wanting to fix us up so he can use us. Fix us up so he can use us. Let's look at another passage here in Acts chapter uh, chapter 8. Let me set it up for you. Philip is a preacher. Um, He is preaching in, in, uh, in a city. Great revival is taking place kind of finishes and God says I want you to go out into the desert and so he goes from the mass crowds and all the stuff going on he goes out in the desert and there's an Ethiopian eunuch that's going by in a chariot and he's reading from the book of Isaiah and the Holy Spirit spoke to Philip and said go fasten yourself to that chariot which means go get close to it and stay right with it just stay right with it and so he went and so Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you, say it again, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And so this is massive. Now, God sent someone to him. There's some some historic conjecture of what happened as a result of that Ethiopian eunuch receiving because he got saved then and baptized in water and then he went back to his country and and it is thought that he is the one who took christianity into ethiopia and it began to spread um you know to neighboring countries throughout africa and so um and there's pretty massive revival going on in in africa today that should excite you guys it's like our team's winning over there you know like you're like yes Praise the Lord, you know. So, um, but we we have to have. Listen, and I, I'll take myself out of this here just for a moment. Here, just me personally, just hear me speaking to you here. We have to have somebody to guide us in the Scripture. And Ephesians talks about, and and you should study Scripture. And more than ever before, we have wonderful study aids to help us and so so forth. But I believe that that God has put in the church, and Ephesians chapter 4 talks about it, 
fivefold ministry gifts, and part of that is pastor and teacher. And we've got to have a pastor and a teacher in our life. And so, you know, and I'm not, you know, it's awkward for me to say that, but you've got to have somebody to guide you in the scripture. And so, someone that's going to seek God for what God is wanting to say now to, to you and to the church. And then the Holy Spirit is able to take what Paul called in 1 Corinthians the foolishness of preaching. And he's able to take it and refract it in whatever way he needs to where it can speak to one person about one thing and another person about another thing and another person about another thing. And yet we all would get something common out of it as well. It's a supernatural thing. But we have to be guided in Scripture. Why? Ultimately so we can come to understanding. Everybody say understanding. Look at this in Nehemiah chapter 8. So they read distinctly or clearly from the book in the law of God and they gave the sense, okay? And the Hebrew word there means they gave them understanding. They gave them the sense. They clarified it and helped them to understand the reading. Now, uh, this is the same passage where we hear the joy of the Lord is our what? Is our strength, okay? Well, the joy of the Lord... God can give you just his joy, but can I tell you a regular source to be able to tap into the joy? You ready for this? And joy is what? Strength. Look in verse 12. And all the people went their way. Verse 10 talked about the joy of the Lord as their strength. And all the people went their way to eat and drink. See, after church. (laughs) Scriptural. To send portions and, and rejoice greatly. Read the rest with me here. Because they understood the words that were declared to them. It's because they got understanding in the word. They're gathered together, the word was read, and then uh, clarity was given to them so that they could understand. And when you understand, then you will have joy. You will have joy. Because, hey, God's working, I got his truth, and it begins to impact you. There is joy just to be had from reading God's word and then getting understanding it. It will bring strength to you. In addition to equipping you that we read earlier, it will bring strength to you as well. Understanding brings joy, and joy is strength. And understanding is vital. Understanding is vital. Otherwise, it is just information. I've used this illustration before. I don't even need to say much about this. High school algebra. (laughs) For me, it was just information. Y'all? Why? I didn't understand. I didn't understand. I remember my 10th grade algebra teacher, Mr. Howard, said, Mr. Gilligan, come see me after class. And he tried to help me, and he tried to help me. And then and we got to where I would understand something. Guess what came into my life? Joy. It's like, ah, I got it. You know, and to, to get that. But if you don't have understanding on something, then it is just information. And information doesn't bring you joy. We've got to understand this. In addition to that, in um, Matthew uh, 13, in the parable of the sower i call it the parable of the soils it said that jesus is explaining it and at one point he says this he said that this is the one who hears the word and does not understand it hears the word and does not understand it it says then the evil one comes and snatches the word they heard away from them 
Here's the principle turning this thing around. What you understand cannot be taken away from you. What you understand cannot be taken away from you. This is why it's absolutely vital that we have understanding concerning the Scripture. Can we get an amen on that? We're almost done here. Application is the proof of learning. Application is the proof of learning. And if you don't have understanding, you have really not learned. You just have the information. Application is also the path of life change or or to life change. It's the path to blessing. And that's what this is all about is to help us in our life, to equip us for life, to, to... so that we're ready when a situation comes up, the word of God that you understand, guess what? That's what part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to remind you of the things that you have been taught. The Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance and you, you'll realize, okay, I will keep cool in this situation. Where your flesh is wanting to do this, you know, the scripture will remind you of something. You know, and, and in countless situations because the word speaks to all of, those, all of those things. So application is the path to life change and blessing. James says that don't be, just be a hearer, but be a doer. And when you're a hearer and a doer, you will be blessed. Let's look real quick, one last passage, and then I'm going to quote from another one. In Isaiah chapter 35, verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord, could that be you? Let me go ahead and tell you. I'll give you some understanding in the word. That's you. Okay. The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion. Now, Isaiah is Old Testament here. How many of you know that we have types and shadows? Uh, It is said that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. You put them together and so many things... uh, It's almost like fiber optics joined together. This speaks of Zion that they had in their day. It speaks of heaven to come. And in in, uh, Hebrews, rather, the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, it talks about this as the gathering of God's people. It's a direct reference to the church, okay? So, and the ransomed of the Lord, we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, shall return and come to Zion... Will you give me permission? Church with singing. With everlasting joy on their heads. They're going to return with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I think you need to remember this when you're tempted to skip church. I'm not going because I got some sorrow and some sighing. We all get it. How many of you would like that to flee away? How we, and this word obtain, that means to go and to get, okay? I think when you can come to church, you can obtain some joy and some gladness. And some sorrow and sighing will flee away. I wish we had more visible neighbors that could watch y'all come and go from church. And I'm thinking about getting some cameras just to kind of watch. You know, because honestly, if we do this thing right, sometimes some of y'all are going to come in like this. How many of you have done that before? How many of you have ever crawled in before? Some of you have dashed in before. And then some of you come, you get it, you know. And, And 
I think that when we leave, and please uh, don't be hyper, I'm allergic to hype. I don't think hype should be a part of church. I don't think we have to hype. I think there can be real joy and real peace. We don't have to make anything up because God's already awesome. And he'll do things in our midst. And I just think that when we come to church and we sing, even if we would have some sorrow and sighing on us, just go ahead and know I'm about to go through the car wash, y'all. It's about, it, this is about to leave me, and I'm going to come out shiny again. Amen? Remind you of one other thing. In Psalm 23, 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will, get this, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I talked about this in the ebook I did, Good Shepherd, and we, we did in that series, and it's just a, a thought. Just before I left the office to, to come down, it's like I was reminded of this, to end with this tonight. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You glad about that? And the psalm says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Dwell in the house of the Lord. He is referencing heaven. But the temple was so central to the life of the Jews. And he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. And they totally called the temple the house of the Lord. And that word, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord, carries with it the idea of I will keep coming back. I will keep coming back. So I believe it's not a stretch to say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And for all the days of my life, I'm going to keep coming back to the house of the Lord. I'm going to keep coming back to the house of the Lord. Keep coming back to the house of the Lord. And I tell you, that's, that's such an important thing to us because of what we gain when we come and we do church right. And I just want to say to you, I love doing church with you guys. I really love doing church with you. God's got good things. And, and this needs to be such a thing that when we come together, that somebody could come, never been to church before, and just go, you know what? I didn't get it all, but I sure liked it. I sure liked what it felt. And, and create hunger rather than just freak people out. And you know what? I find that people that do church right, are friendly and kind, loving and welcoming. And um, I love doing church with you. Well, we're not done with this, but we're going to stop tonight. Anybody get anything at all out of this tonight? All right. Let's stand together. Let's pray. Father, I, I, I love you and I thank you for helping us tonight. And we all right now ask you, Lord, to help us to do church right. I pray that you would remind us when we prepare to come the next time to not just show up, but to pray before we come. Pray for the pastor, pray for the worship team, pray for all the teachers and all the dream team. To pray that lives would be changed. To pray that it would be such an atmosphere that God, by your spirit, you would move and just do wonderful things, refresh people and heal bodies and make whole and and Lord, we just ask that you would help us. We want church to be what you intended for church to be. And we thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for this beautiful family, multicultural, multi-generational. Thank you for the family feel that is here, the love that is here, your presence that is here. And God, we commit to you right now that the next time we come in, we're going to worship you 
better than we have to this point. And I just thank you, Lord, that you inhabit the praises of your people. We'll give it all up to you. And I thank you. It's incredible what you will do for your people. I pray blessing upon your people now. Give them a great evening, great rest of the week. Bring us back for the greatest Sunday yet. And we just thank you for that. Thank you for your favor, your peace in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen Amen. and amen. God bless you. I love you. Peace. You're dismissed.